This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Yeah, they were there and... They will be there. They're always there. And I know there's lots of people out here in my listening audience who right now are very concerned about the potential for troops getting involved from America in some of the wars that are raging all over the world. It's really such a such a tumultuous time. That may not be the right word, but you all know what I'm talking about. I've had a lot of discomfort over the last, probably, well, certainly for two weeks, but even a little longer than that, as I see that there's just so much pain, so many people displaced, and so many people dodging bullets. I wasn't alive during World War II, and uh, when I was alive during the Korean and the Vietnam conflicts, they were far away, and there was no coverage for the most part. Maybe at the 6 o'clock evening news, you know, Walter Cronkite would say something. But there just weren't, weren't a whole lot of reportage. And now, of course, there is plenty. So the president made a speech last night. You know, I, I listened to people commenting on the speech, including conservatives, and it was definitely a mixed reaction. I fall into the category of, I just can't. I, I, you know, if that was the best speech of his presidency, Hume said last night, someone that I usually have a tremendous amount of respect for, saying it was one of the best, if not the best speeches of his president. I don't know. All he talked about was sending money, financial aid to Israel and Ukraine. He was firm. He was unequivocal. He was strong. Uh, okay. He spent a lot of time on the Ukraine. And I'm not happy about tying Israel and the Ukraine together. I think they are two very, very different wars. And I think our participation in them must be very, very different as well. But that's just me. You know, so I wasn't impressed. I know a lot of people were. Some people weren't impressed at all. I fall into that category. American hostages that were being held by Hamas have been released. They were abducted and they were released for humanitarian reasons. Apparently, the people in Qatari uh, had the Aksum Brigade released this mother and her daughter and basically to prove to the American people in the world that the claims that were being made by Joe Biden and his administration, or as they refer to it as his his, uh, fascist administration, are false and baseless. 
The pair were identified as Judith Renan and her 18-year-old daughter, Natalie, according to a senior Israeli official. And their identity has been confirmed to the Fox News digital sta station. Israel's Channel 12 later added that Israeli sources confirmed the women's release and their family has been informed. The two victims are apparently in the hands of the International Red Cross, or that's what I just saw on a CNN report, and they are believed to have already arrived in Egypt. They were released due to the declining health of the mother, and the Renalds uh, are from Evanston, Illinois. They were taken hostage when Hamas stormed the kibbutz 13 days ago. And hopefully this is just the beginning of a series of these releases. You know what I found really disturbing? And I, I mentioned this last night, I spoke in front of a group and I mentioned that, you know, when you look at some of the videotape that these uh, terrorists took of the murder and, and, and barbar barbaric brutality that they conducted in the kibbutz and in the music festival, there's something about looking in those eyes that was really disturbing. But I saw something similar to the look that was in their eyes, which I blamed on Captagen, this pill that they found in everybody's pockets. There was something that looked very similar to me in the eyes of these college students here in America and in Great Britain who have been tearing down the, fest the uh, posters of people who were being held hostage by the Palestinian terrorists. That's a war crime. Holding hostages is without a question a war crime. And there have been campuses that have put up the pictures of the missing young people. We're talking about, you know, kids who were at a music festival. And if you look at the students who were ripping down these posters, they had the same look in their eyes that those uh, Hamas terrorists had. There's something terribly wrong with what's going on on our college campuses. I can't, for the life of me, understand why we allow people from who obviously hate this country and who are probably here from some other country as a student on a student visa or else are American students of maybe Palestinian descent or some kind of a, a Arabic descent or Muslim descent who make no secret of their dislike for America. I think they need to be removed from the college campuses, maybe returned to their countries, or if this is their country, just removed from a an environment where they're endangering the safety of every Jewish student, every Christian student for that matter. You know, I find it fascinating that these same colleges that have all this, what do they call it? This uh, safe spaces. You can't say anything nasty unless you're standing in this uh, quad. No safe space for Jewish students though. So this was uh, two women from America who went to Israel, to the kibbutz, for a family birthday. Now, 
Judith's ex-husband, who is also the father of Natalie, Judith and Natalie being the two hostages that were released, there has been, I don't know, it's just mind-boggling to me how anybody could tear down a poster of, let's say, this, this mother and her daughter. So anyway, let's see how this shapes up. They're from a North Chicago suburb. It was a really special trip to Israel to celebrate a relative's birthday and observe the Jewish holiday season when the Hamas war started. Their rabbi, Meyer Hecht, told the outlet, it feels like our community has been violated, he said, of the brutal abduction. Of course, armed terrorists took at least 203 people, including little babies, young kids, and the elderly, and they killed hundreds more. So these two weren't killed, but they've been hostages for 13 days. I don't even want to go there in my mind and think about what has happened. 20 of the hostages have been killed by Israeli airstrikes, or at least that's what Hamas is saying. Who knows what you can believe? But we shall find out more because Gaza is going to be overtaken. She was seen, the daughter or, or another person from that group was seen in a hostage video that was released. So we'll say 20 of the hostages are under the age of 18, another 10 to 20 over the age of 60, according to the Wall Street Journal. And several hostages were believed to have been taken from the attack on the Tribe of Nova Music Festival in the southern Negev, where 260 people were gunned down when, that, when they were stormed. So uh, we do know some of the names of the kidnapped, and then there are others they're not even sure. I got to take a break. We're going to be uh, talking with a gentleman running for public office, John Fisher. So that's how I want to uh, handle the next segment of the show. And hopefully Derek will be on with us in the last segment of the show. So stay right where you are. There's a lot more to talk about. I'll be right back. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, that, uh, that was me telling you to be listening to me now, which makes no sense at all. But that's okay, because, you know, <laughs> I just want to keep reminding you that this is my new time. Anyway, a couple of... Uh, Days ago or weeks ago, I can't even remember. Time is all kind of mushed together in the last couple of weeks. I ran into a gentleman who's running for county commission, uh, District 5 in Palm Beach County. And uh, there was something about him. I liked him. First and foremost, he like responded to an email at like 5.30 in the morning, which tells me that he's actually awake when most uh, everybody else is sleeping. And if you want to help the constituents in these counties, you better get up early. So let me introduce John Fisher. He's running for 5th District, Palm Beach County. He is a veteran paramedic firefighter captain. He spent, how, how long did you do that, John? Because you sure do get up early. 27 years, Joyce, 27 years. 
Yes. <laughs> so you're used to the phone ringing and you got to get dressed. Yes, I still have erratic sleep patterns. Uh, Ten years I retired now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, um, th- you you were a public servant as a paramedic, but this is a whole different ball game. Politics. Uh, what made you decide you wanted to do this? First of all, thank you very much for having me on your show. Uh, I'm a big fan, huge fan, and so it is a privilege and, a, and an honor to to be here with you. So thank you very much for that. And shout out to Ed Baker from the Conservative Club uh, Valencia Reserves, who had you as their guest speaker, and you were awesome that night. Unbelievable. Thank you. Thank so uh, thank you once again. Um, getting into politics, I'm not a politician. I've never been a politician. I've been on boards before. I mean, I know Robert's Rules of Order, I've been on my HOA board and, and things like that um, in the organizations that I've been a member of. But now is my first time throwing my hat into the ring as far as uh, getting getting involved locally, right? They say that we should get involved local uh, with the school boards, commissions, city commissions, county commissions. Uh, so the seat is open or going to be uh, open for election next year. My district, of which I've been a resident of for 35 years now, mm-hmm. and I served uh, as a paramedic firefighter and a captain in my district for West Boca Raton, West Delray Beach, and West Boynton Beach, which is in District 5. So, yes, I'm, I have uh, some deep ties to what I'm running for. Mm-hmm. And and what do you see are the big areas that need to be addressed? Because I think all, all important uh, politics is local. I think you can affect a lot of change at the county or the city or, the, or the, even the state level, much more so than in the national politics. So, you know, what would you like to see change in Palm Beach? That is a great question, Joyce. And my response to that is basically what, what got me into it, really launched me, is we have a traffic safety uh, problem on Lyons Road right out in front of my community. And I've been kind of going back and forth with the current county commissioner and basically beating my head up against the wall. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've dug deeper into the possible reasons why we're not getting the services that we, we are, 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 are begging for as far as traffic safety goes. And we've been long uh, known as a donor district, which means the tax dollars that come out of our uh, uh, property taxes really don't come back. And so mm. that's it's more of a money problem. So then when you dig a little bit deeper into that, you go into the budget. Uh, Palm Beach County has a $6.6 billion budget. That's billion with a B. Mm. And they just, I think, jacked it up another billion. So the way I look at it, and this is my answer to your question, Palm Beach County has its own swamp. Everybody knows about D.C. swamp, and I keep telling people, before you get to D.C. swamp and try to tackle that problem, you got to tackle your own swamp first, locally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, the big, big catalyst of me <laughs> running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I have to agree. I, I, you know, I've o- often said, I, I live in Broward County, which has its own mess, but I've often said about Palm Beach County that the one thing I could never understand was how could you have a city in complete shambles like Riviera Beach, which ostensibly has everything that Palm Beach has. It's got a port. Yep. It's got beautiful, uh, you know, waterfront property. It's got a, a, a middle class. At one point had a burgeoning middle class, and now it's, it's a nightmare. How does that happen in the county? Yeah, I, and I want to say that, I, you know, I'm not an expert on it, but I would I would venture to say that it's been decades of liberal uh, government, you mm-hmm. know. Um, you know, uh, I think President Trump butted heads with Elijah Cummings about Baltimore. Right. And Trump Trump basically said to him, you know, you've been we've been pumping billions of federal dollars into Baltimore 
and Baltimore is still what it was decades ago. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you explain yeah. that? Right. You know, so these are the things that you swirl around in my brain uh, locally uh, and which has prompted me to get involved. Now, the, the district, for the sake of people who are listening to the show, and half the people, unfortunately, don't even know what districts they live in, um, in, in counties, you're basically, I think you come from, I guess, the, the, the su- southern part of Palm Beach County, all the way up through Boynton Beach, am I right? Yes, it's um, my district is just a little bit north of Boynton Beach Boulevard from Military Trail West. And then when you come down to Clintmore Road, it juts out to the Turnpike. And from the from Clintmore down to the county line, it's the Turnpike West. So that's wow. basically from West Boca Raton, West Delray Beach, and West Boynton Beach. That's uh, that's the district. Okay, that's a big district, you know. It, um, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it is. Now, so obviously, I've got some work ahead of me. You certainly do, and obviously, um, you know these kinds of commissions and 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 these kinds of districts in in any county in in Florida, you know, we're battling against num uh, Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach County, where you still have predominant Democrats in elected office, and and it's only now that we're seeing this sort of. Uh, awakening and more Republicans getting elected in these three counties. I mean, the rest of the state has been red for a while, but, you know, we stayed purple and blue for far too long. What what kind of response are you getting when you go out there and knock on doors? It's been kind of mixed. And, you know, I am starting to see more of a, a purplish or a bright purple, um, you know, uh, color, if you will, between as far as blue and red goes. And I want to say, too, that there are more uh, liberals that are walking away. You know, Brandon Strzok and his mm-hmm. walk away um, you know, campaign. They're coming here on November 10th, the 12th, and mm-hmm. I'll be going to that. We're good friends with, with Brandon. He'll be on and my so, show Monday, as a matter of fact, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. We love him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we, we, I start, we're starting to see that. We're starting to see the, the more and more liberals walking away. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, between that and the MPAs, the, the independents in the district, um, I think I got a good shot. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. the first thing is getting on a ballot and it can cost a lot of money or you can get petitions. How are you doing with petitions? Uh, I'm, I'm going after the petitions first and mm-hmm. foremost. I need 1,635. So I got about 500 right now. So mm-hmm. we're, we're going uh, pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, we're moving along at a pretty good click on that. So hopefully by uh, January, I will have ha- I will have all 1,635. But people can go to my website, which is johnfordistrict5.com, and they can download a petition if they live in my district. And mm-hmm. the map is on there. The map is on the on the website. So look at the map, and, and if you see that you're in my district, then uh, download and print a petition, fill it out, and send it to me, or I'll come pick it up. I'll mm-hmm. do whatever I have to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's that, or and you're right. It's either that or pay $8,000. I'd rather not pay the 8000 Right. So, yeah. Right. And plus, that gives you a good idea of what kind of support you have. I mean, I always say if, if you're if you're struggling to get petitions, you're going to struggle to get votes. And so you want to yeah. you want to get out there, get yourself 
um, recognized in the community and get those petitions signed. For people who want to help, and there are a lot of different ways you can help. I tell people all the time, these campaigns cost ridiculous amounts of money. It makes no sense to me, but they cost a lot of money. And you can do a number of things. You can knock on doors and walk in the precincts, or you can make phone calls, or you can uh, just volunteer at events or host an event, uh, put a yard sign in your, in your yard, whatever it is, you can find all those things listed at the website. It's johnfordistrict5.com, and then you can get involved. Because I'm tired of people telling me, well, what am I supposed to do? If you don't want to run for office, John's willing to do this. But you've got to back him or somebody. You've got to find a candidate and get behind them and help them to get elected or the swamp will never be drained. John, I wish you good luck. Will you stay in touch with me? Let me know how it's going. Absolutely. If I could just say one more thing to add to what you just said. Right now, mm-hmm. it's a 4-3, four, four Republicans and three uh, uh, liberals on the dais, uh, dais for Palm mm-hmm. Beach County. Mm-hmm. If I don't make it and there's one other Republican um, uh, up, he's running. If he doesn't make it, it'll flip to a 4-3 liberal majority on the mm. dais. And, mm. and we are ground zero for the conservative movement in Palm Beach County, right down the street from Mar-a-Lago. So this is really, really important. And Joyce, I can't thank you enough. No, I can't thank you. I'm, I'm, I keep t- encouraging people, don't give up. Go in there and fight. Do this for your country. Do it for your children, your grandchildren, because if we don't do it, we're the last generation that might be able to save this country. Thanks a lot, John. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Joyce. God bless. God bless. All right, let me take a break. Um, we have, uh, a, I'm only going to have a little bit of time to talk about some other things, and then hopefully Derek, it looks like Derek will be coming on board. But uh, I have to tell you, yeah, I, I met this gentleman, and, and I, I was immediately impressed, not because he's some kind of worldly, politician-y-looking guy or anything, but he is a, he, he's a, 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 it's got a, a servant's heart. And I'm convinced that if we don't get people up there with servants' hearts, we're in big trouble. I'm watching this disaster in the speaker's, uh, you know, race. Uh, It doesn't make any sense to me. You know, what is the problem? There's only one person who's actually a legitimate candidate right now, and they can't line up behind them? Well, Well, then how do you govern? I just, for the life of me. Now, I happen to support Jim Jordan, so for me, it's not a leap. But even if you don't support Jim Jordan, aren't you tired of looking ridiculous? That's all I'm going to say to the Republican Party. I have friends who are sending me emails every day saying, like, this is it. I'm done with the Republicans. They can't even get a speaker in there. You know, if it was 14, 15 votes for Kevin McCarthy, and now it's we're going on three for, for uh, you know... For, for Jim Jordan, I, I mean, what what is the point? It's 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 like kindergarten in Washington. It really is. All right, let me take a quick break. I'll be right back. All right. One thing I can tell you is we are finding out just how many anti semites there are in this country and in the world. And I never doubted that there were a lot, but even I have to admit that I'm I'm a little stunned at the level of excuses that I'm seeing being made for terrorists. No, it's it's, it's mind boggling. Now we have a letter that was signed by more than two thousand actors, artists, and musicians. Fortunately I don't know many of them because I I don't care 
about them. I don't watch movies and television very often. And when I do, I try to be selective about what I watch and who, who's I'm supporting and who's making money off of me. But this, this letter condemning Israel doesn't even mention the slaughter by Hamas that started this war. An open, the open letter from Artists for Palestine UK. So apparently these are a lot of uh, British artists. And, and my husband watches a lot of these special shows that are made on these streaming services. I don't even know what they are. But most of them are from Great Britain, or uh, at least 50% of them. A lot of them are from Australia. And so when I see these names, they may not mean much to me, but they mean something to him. And he says, the, our governments, the letter says, our governments are not only tolerating war crimes, but aiding and abetting them. And that was signed by the Game of Thrones star Charles Dance and actress Miriam Margolis, who was Professor Sprout in Harry Potter. There will come a time when they are held to account for their complicity, right? Is anybody ever going to be held for account for the barbaric cruelty that was waged against people at a music festival? These are artists. So Tilda Swinton, let me ask you a question. Did it not bother you that people who were attending a music festival, a peaceful one, mind you, were raped and murdered right alongside of their friends. And then many of them were kidnapped and are being held hostage. That doesn't bother these uh, 2,000 people who signed this letter. Instead, they're bothered by there not being uh, humanitarian aid getting into Gaza. Look, I'm, I, I'm one of these people who's convinced Gaza brought this on themselves. Gaza elected Hamas as its leadership. Hamas, you know, got all these young men who can't even earn a living. They, they make no future for these young men. And then they encourage them to strap bombs to themselves and they'll support their families for the rest of their lives. This is what growing up as a young adolescent boy in Gaza and in, in uh, Judea and Samaria. That's what it looks like in the Golan Heights. That's, that's, and then give them some pills, some captogen, so that they are robbed of any even conscience. And watch how American college students and professors will defend the murderous, bloodthirsty terrorists and condemn Israel, who's now in the position of just trying to defend themselves. You know, they call for an immediate ceasefire and the opening of Gaza's... Who are you? You know, who are you, you actors and, and you know, Steve Coogan? No mention of how the Hamas terrorists murdered 1,400 people and took some 200 others hostage. No mention of children that were burned, yanked out of their parents' arms, and then their parents were murdered in front of them. That doesn't bother these people. 
the, the terrorists who had reportedly been ordered to target youth centers to kill as many people as possible during the sneak attack on October 7th. Gratefully, a bunch of some of these, well, not a bunch, some of these UK officials have condemned the, le- the letter, called it drivel. That's what it is. It's drivel. Look, my heart breaks for anybody who was born in, you know, the, the in, born in Gaza by no mistake of their own. And then they have to grow up without even a semblance of dignity and morality because their own leaders are using every dime that they're given in aid from wherever it comes to create death and destruction for the Jews right on the other side of the fence. You know, why doesn't anyone hold them accountable for what they've denied their own people? Because it just doesn't fit that narrative, right? I, I'll tell you what. I, um, I will sign a letter that says I totally approve of the Israeli military doing what they have to do to preserve safety for their own country. That's all. And if that upsets people, if that makes you upset or angry, tough. Really, just tough. You can't present one side and not the other. Okay? If you want to talk about the suffering that the Palestinian people are going through, how about the suffering that they just put the Israeli people through that are still putting the Israeli people through? Hezbollah is lobbing uh, rockets from the north. Uh, Hamas is lobbing rockets from the south. You know, uh, all these other Arab countries are jumping in. Iran is like, well, we're we're with them. We'll just, you know, let's just eliminate Israel. Why don't we just get rid of it once and for all? And I'm supposed to like, you know, you just, the blood on the hands of Hamas cannot be washed away. The world has to be protected from Hamas. Hamas is ISIS, okay? They don't seem to make that connection, but it's true. All right, let me take a break. When we come back, we'll have be talking with Derek. We'll just finish this week on a lighter note, maybe talk a little bit about the insanity of celebrities. But hopefully, none of these celebrities we'll talk about have uh, been so stupid as to sign a letter supporting Hamas over Israel. I'll be right back. That's right. As only the Kaufman family can bring it in. With all the bad news that's out there, I got to tell you, I could use a little celebrity nonsense, uh, Derek. So, you know, help me out here and, and come, with, come with the most ridiculous stories on earth because that's about the only thing that will make me feel better. How are you doing, kid? I'm doing okay. I'll do the best I can, although the biggest story for me of the week, you won't be surprised to learn, is the saddest one. And we Paulie. should probably start with, uh, start with Burt Young. Yeah. I mean, this is a massive story. For me, I admit I have a personal connection, but anyone who knows me knows my favorite movie of all time, without question, always the answer I give is Rocky. And Pauly, Burt Young, uh, the actor who played Pauly, passed away at the age of 83. And, you know, he was a guy who we would get out uh, occasionally for TMZ, and he's, he's a legend. And mm-hmm. he brought so much to that movie, um, was nominated for an Academy Award, and people forget 
you know, Sylvester Stallone wasn't really anyone. Talia Shire wasn't really anyone. She was, you know, sort of related to Francis Ford Coppola, but not considered an important actress. He brought a lot of gravitas. He had been in Chinatown, and it was an important movie to have him, and he, he just delivered. He was the mm-hmm. guy who was uh, sort of, uh, you know, pugnacious and quick to anger, but also sensitive. Just such a great character. So uh, a, a big loss. Adrian's brother. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, Paulie and- Panino. Paulie Panino. And, uh, you know, I, when I saw the news, I, I turned to Poppy and I said, oh, this is going to be a bad day for Derek. I said, who's left? I mean, the only one left really is Stallone. Listen, it, it's it's Stallone. It's Talia Shire still, still around, obviously. And she was she's the, the mother of Jason Schwartzman. So she's carrying on the family legacy. But you're right. Everyone is passing away. We we lost Tony Burton a few years ago. He was Duke, who was Apollo's coach and trainer. Obviously, Burgess Meredith. You know, mm-hmm. I was a wreck when he died. Yeah, I mean, that yes, was just uh, I was inconsolable for <laughs> for weeks. So this he is, really was. This all is all he would though. say, all he would say was, uh, you know, women weaken legs for about a That's week. That's right. <laughs> I had it. I had it engraved on my very first iPod Nano, if you remember. That's right. <laughs> it was what I used for motivation at the gym. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, um, he lived to a good old age, and and he'll always be remembered. He was in all of the Rocky movies, wasn't he? You know, he was in all of the, the Rockies. He didn't show up for the Creed movies because in the last Rocky movie, Rocky Balboa, uh, that was the last one where he's alive. And then he's referred to as a, a character who's passed away in the Creed movies. Mm, okay. Well, listen, it's a, it, it's a sad day, but, you know, the, now Stallone is at the front of the line when you get right down to it. And I, I don't even want to be around on that day because Derek will be. Oh, my gosh. Just don't call me. Don't even text. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll be in a cave somewhere just weeping. Uh, he, actually, he actually has a, a documentary coming out on Netflix in a couple of weeks, which I am very, very excited for. Yeah. Well, listen, and, and you know, I, I can relate. That, that movie meant a lot to us as a family. We went to the opening of every one of them on Christmas Day, usually. And uh, it's, a, it's part of our, our family experience. But uh, I guess right. the other big story that I, I'm still trying to figure this out, Britney Spears dropped this biography or autobiography or whatever. And like, everybody's acting like this is all shocking. None of it shocks me. Does it shock you? You know, I can't say that I'm shocked. A lot of these stories that we had we had heard inklings of when they happened, but she's mm-hmm. really just opening the book on her life. I, I certainly didn't know about any of of the abortion with Justin Timberlake and and that sort of very very sad story of them secretly uh, sort of terminating a pregnancy in her house so no one would find out. And then her rebound romance with Colin Farrell. I do remember them all over each other for a period of time, but she is just filling the beans. Mm, yeah, I mean, and listen. Um, th- people are, are, are lapping it up, you know, that they, they just oh, can't get enough Britney. This book is, is doing incredible numbers. I mean, the pre-sales on it are, are crazy because, you know, she's up against Jada. Jada Pinkett Smith, obviously, is promoting a memoir in her own way mm-hmm. by revealing lots of family secrets. But Britney's book is going to be number one. It's going to be a bestseller. This is a huge tell-all. People are still fascinated with her and you know, her life is an ongoing saga. You know, she's still doing night dances. The conservatorship is over, and people are very concerned about what that means for her mental health. But they want to know. I mean, she was massive, and she was, mm-hmm. you know, basically Madonna level of fame for a period of years. And people like that, uh, there will always be 
curiosity in the public. Yeah, she was the Taylor Swift of her generation. There's no question about it, you know. And yeah. p- people talk about Taylor Swift as though she was a, a phenomenon that we've never seen before. We saw it in Madonna. We saw it, uh, you know, we saw it with Whitney Houston. We've seen this before, and it never has a happy ending, unfortunately. Um, That's right. I mean, Taylor Swift, say what you will, she has handled a lot of it in a, in a sort of healthier way. She hasn't had any sort of drug stories and things like that. She just has messy breakups and then writes about them. Mm-hmm. And she's the ultimate capitalist. I mean, this tour is made over $4 billion. So, yeah, so crazy. far, everything's coming up, Taylor. Yeah, for sure. So Kim didn't get sat on the jury. I can relate. Every time I go in for jury duty, they look at me and they realize who I am. And that's it. I get dismissed. Well, <laughs> there was no chance. I mean, she walked in there in leather pants and a sleeveless white shirt. She must have been such a star. It mm. was not incognito. She had a bodyguard with her. Mm. And then it was it was a murder case. It was actually a gang-related crime with a with a murder, um, which would have been a long uh, potential you know time to sit for a jury. But she didn't make it on the panel. They sat enough people and, and just let her go on her way. And, of course, outside, cameras rolling. So yeah, we'll I'll see bet. this in a few months on her uh, Hulu show. That's how yeah. these things work. That's exactly right. And lastly, I just want to ask your opinion. You know, now we find out that uh, this uh, Vandersloot has confessed to killing Natalie Holloway. I mean, this is such an old story, and yet that's another one. People can't get enough of it. Oh, I mean, that was the biggest disappearance uh, Mm -hmm. of its time. I mean, you remember Nancy Grace basically built her whole reputation on endless coverage of the Natalie Holloway case, and it was such a mystery, you know. Joran Vandersloot was a guy who was questioned, but they didn't have enough concrete evidence. He left. He went to Peru, where he murdered another woman mm-hmm. and was convicted of murdering that woman, and he was sitting in a Peruvian jail cell. And then now they brought him back to the U.S., where he was accused of you know, trying to use information about Natalie's whereabouts to basically extort and defraud her parents. Mm-hmm. And they brought a case against him, and they said, look, we may not be able to get you for murder with our hard evidence, but we'll let you plead to this case if you dish on the details of that murder. And he did. Mm. And so the family now has some closure. They've been very dogged about finding out what happened to their daughter. And it's, it's horrendous. You know, it he murdered horrendous. her with a cinder block and mm-hmm. disposed of her body at sea. And now at least they know that. Yeah. Well, if he's not lying, who knows? All right, exactly. Derek. That's the thing. He has no yeah. credibility. So he's I don't no... know what to take of this, but at yeah. least they can move on. Yeah, exactly. Or at least they can pretend to move on. Nobody ever really moves on uh, about that. Well, next week we'll talk about the uh, growing divide between Prince Harry and Meghan because that's starting to become a story that's got some legs. Derek, have a great weekend. All right. Same to you guys. Take care. Bye-bye now. All right, that does it for me. I thank you for your time this time until next time. My plan is to be back here tomorrow, not tomorrow, Monday at 3 o'clock. Definitely not tomorrow. Monday at 3 o'clock, if it be his will and he delays his coming, what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And may God bless you. May God bless Israel. May God bless the United States of America. See you on Monday. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.